0: Today is weary and worn down. I know I've talked about this before, but I think we need to talk about it again. And this is my, I don't know, second or third time to try to record this. It's late on Saturday night, almost 10 o'clock. And I have i have not been well for at least the last week. I mean, like I've been in bed a lot, not well. So, but I am going to try real hard to get this podcast to you. How are y'all doing? I wanted to change channels from all the podcasts that I've been doing about the judgments because I feel like the Lord was showing me in my spirit that y'all are getting a little burned out on hearing about all the bad stuff that's coming. And that's all stuff that we cannot prevent. So it is a little hard to take sometimes. And I grieve too, y'all, when I think about them. So this week, let's talk about some other stuff. Let's talk about, to start with, how we are handling or not handling stuff that's going on. I'm sure y'all have heard the news that on Thursday, the 8th, Um, Queen Elizabeth II passed away. Did you notice a sadness or sorrow or depression uh, when you started listening to all of that? The reason I ask is because I did notice that And my friend Nicole called me this morning, and she noticed that, and it happened not only to her, but to her family. And, you know, normally when you hear of someone's death that was a good person or whatever, you're going to feel a little bit of sadness, and you wouldn't think anything about that. And I think that Satan, being the opportunist that he is, used her passing as a cover to try to put a spirit of sadness or depression on everybody that heard about it. So when I realized that, I immediately rebuked it, and it left and cast it out. So y'all need to cast it out in the name of Jesus. Okay, so let me just say, with everything that's going on, because we're all dealing with it, y'all, and we're all thinking about it. We're all watching all the prices go up, and we're watching, like, here where I am in America— the government make insane decisions that just leave you shaking your head because it's almost like, you know, you can't act stupid on purpose, and I'm just going to say that and leave it at that. But um, we're just watching insane things happen. And it's frustrating to watch. It's frustrating everything that's going on. And living in a world full of perversion is very hard. And we're dealing with that as Christians, all of it at one time. And it is a lot to carry, y'all. If you have not noticed, let me just tell you that it is. And I know some of y'all think I'm Sister Super Christian over here dealing with everything, you know, standing strong in the midst of that. So let me just set the record straight on that. Up front, every day now feels so hard to me. I feel like I cannot do another day. And I tell the Lord that almost every day, Lord, I just, I don't think I could do another day. And then I go to sleep and I get up and I do another day. We can, we're stronger than we think we are. But I mean, it's so bad. It is so bad down here on the earth, but it is what it is. And so I just wanted to, to mention that when it gets to be too much, I'll like make me a cup of coffee or hot tea. And I will try to go aside for a little while with the Lord, sit in my chair and read Psalms. For some reason, Psalms always calm me down. And if it's a really hard day, I just sit there and talk to the Lord and and pour out my heart to Him. You know, He loves when you do that, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know. So, y'all, here's the good news. We don't have very much time left down here, but we do have work left to do in this time. And it is of the greatest importance that we do that work because it's the work of saving souls, getting people into the kingdom. We can't save them. If you're praying for people you know to be saved, as most of us are, pray also for the ones you don't know to be saved because those prayers are the seeds for the ones you love to be saved. I think... That right now, at this point, most or all of us are just hoping that our time to go home is sooner rather than later. So in view of that and all the mess we're having to deal with in our current world, I just wanted to give you all some encouragement. It seems like I talked about this at some point in the past, but maybe I didn't. I don't know. I have been, uh, uh, I've been struggling myself. I have been ill a lot lately. I've been ill a lot in the last year period, I think. I just assumed it was getting older, but I don't know. Not ill like with the flu, but in a lot of pain and missing church a lot because of it and with something that I've dealt with for a very long time that I'm trying to overcome. And it turns out there is a cure for it, but I have to completely change everything I eat to fix it. And that is not an overnight production, especially for a Southern cook. Can I just tell you that? So I'm in the process of trying to change my diet a little at a time. I have to switch over to whole food and fresh food and get away from everything else. And I'm not the greatest at doing that. Uh, I don't know yet how to cook any other way than Southern. So I'm trying to learn by trying. uh, My goal is to try two new plant-based recipes a week if I can. That's my hope. Uh, where I live, there's not all that many, you know, unusual ingredients, so there'll be some things I can't cook, but I want to try that. I'm tired of being in pain, and I'm tired of dealing with this every week, week after week after week. I'm just tired of it. So, that's part of the reason I've been so quiet for months now, is I have not been well. So, um, I want to talk to you about why you don't have to worry so much about what's coming. Okay. There are five main or usual ways that God judges nations that turn from him or that are wicked. And I believe that, I think these are listed in Ezekiel, like maybe in chapter 14, but I'm not sure. And they are war, famine, disease, wild beasts, and evil rulers. The worst of which will be the evil Antichrist ruler, of course, who will ascend to a position of power over the entire world. We may or may not be here for that. I don't know. So I want to read you some verses and do a little word study, I think will help you. We're going to talk about Revelation 3, 10, and 11. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. That's verse 10 and 11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. I believe Revelation 3.10 is talking about the time when the mark of the beast comes out. I believe that we all need to stand on this verse as to why we will not have to be here for that, and I'll explain. So let's do a quick word study on Revelation 3.10. Because thou hast kept. That word kept means watched over or guarded. The word, that word is logos, the spoken word of God. Of my patience, which means patient endurance. I also will keep, which means take care of, guard, or protect. The, from the hour, the hour means the time or the season of temptation. That word temptation means, one description says, the trial of your fidelity, which means your faithfulness. I don't know anything that would be a greater test of your faithfulness than that which shall come upon all the world to try and that try means try tempt or prove them that dwell upon the earth okay so it means because thou hast watched over and guarded the spoken word of god of his pa- of patient endurance and i think that's your patient endurance my patient endurance not his i also will take care of guard and protect you from the season of the test of your fidelity, which shall come upon all the world to try, tempt, or prove them that dwell upon the earth. That is what that means. Okay? Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. When you are faced with choosing Jesus and possibly never eating again, Or taking the mark and selling out your soul. That is a test of your faithfulness. And I will tell you now, you better draw real near to the king so you can pass that test, okay? Because if you are not in love with him, if he is not your everything, you won't pass that test. You will take the mark. Because the big Mac's going to look pretty good then, okay? Just saying. Okay, so let's talk about another verse. Job chapter 5 starting in verse 20. In famine he shall redeem thee from death, and in war from the power of the sword. Thou shalt be hid from the scourge of the tongue, neither shalt thou be afraid of destruction when it cometh. At destruction and famine thou shalt laugh, neither shalt thou be afraid of the beasts of the earth. That just covered every judgment, every single one, except maybe evil rulers. Job 5.20 In famine he shall redeem thee from death. That word redeem means release, ransom, or rescue. So he will release, ransom, or rescue you from death. If he releases you from death, that means you're not going to die from the famine. It means he's going to get you out of here or do something. And in war, he's going to release or ransom or rescue you from the power of the sword. You'll be hid from the scourge of the tongue. Neither will you be afraid of the destruction when it comes. And at destruction and famine, you're going to laugh. How do you like that for a verse to stand on? Neither will you be afraid of the beasts of the earth. So, hey, I'm just saying, y'all, we've got verse to stand on. If you got scripture to stand on, you good. And one more passage of scripture, Psalm 33, 18 to 22. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death. And to keep them alive in famine, our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield for our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. That's good right there, y'all. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him. It means he's watching you. He's watching over you upon them that hope in his mercy. That's all of us. To deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. So there's you some verses. I'm going to try to remember to put um, the references for these verses down in the description for this. So let me read you from Gill's exposition of the entire Bible, some commentary on these verses in Psalms. In famine, he shall redeem thee from death. In a time of extreme want of provisions, God so cares for his own people that they shall not be starved to death by the famine. So in the famine in Egypt, which the Targum takes notice of, in the times of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob and the, the patriarchs, there was food provided for them so that they and their families were sustained and perished not for lack of the necessaries of life. Now, just a side note, the Targum was an ancient Aramaic interpretation of the original Hebrew Bible that was uh, created around the first century A.D. when Hebrew was in decline as a spoken language, according to the Oxford Languages Dictionary. Okay, and in War from the Power of the Sword or from the hands of the sword, from the swords in hand when drawn, and men are ready to push with them with all their force. So it mentions here that God preserved Abraham from the sword of the four kings when he made war with them and the Israelites in the war of Amalek in the time of Moses. Um, bear with me here, y'all. Which the Targum here refers to and David from the harmful sword of Goliath and others with whom he was concerned in war. So the, what they're saying is the Lord covers the heads of his people in the day of battle. Oftentimes when multitudes fall in their right hand and on their left. Okay, end quote. Okay, so what I want y'all to take away from this, I'm sorry I'm losing my voice. What I want y'all to take away from this is a couple things that will encourage you. Number one, the coming great tribulation is for those who refuse to let God correct them now. You can avoid being here for that by being sure you get the sin out of your life and continually seeking Him for any other correction you need not to be left behind in that. That's pretty simple. You know if you have sin, 99.9% of the time if we're sinning, we know we're sinning. And God's able to tell you about that other point one time, okay? That's what I'm saying. Number two, the coming judgments are not against us. Let me read you Isaiah forty one seventeen, which says, When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, their tongue faileth for, for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. We need to remember that even if we are here to experience some part of the judgments or even the warning shot judgment, the judgments are not for us as believers. They are designed to help the unbelievers cry out to God to save them, okay? The tribulation is for refining. The judgments are for the unbelievers to help them realize that they need God because these are people who think they don't need God. They are punishment for those who continue to reject God. The judgments are a punishment. If they keep rejecting Him, and the Bible says they will, in Revelations it says at the very end that They'll be going through all of this torment in these judgments and they will just be cursing God and railing against him. That they, Those judgments are for those who have still not given their lives to Jesus. That's the people that should be afraid. They should be very afraid for what's coming because this is going to come upon them suddenly and they're stuck here in it until they do give them their lives or because then he'll call them home or until they're handed over to Satan while still alive at the end of the age. We do not want to be any part of that. You know, I don't think any of us would have chosen this time to live in. I know I wouldn't have. But we're here. And all we can do is keep putting one foot in front of the other until we're done with all this and we're called home to heaven. Y'all, that's all we can do. Knowing some of what's coming keeps a lot of people awake at night. It does me too sometimes. And since some of it's going to be like waking up in a horror show for some people, I mean, I understand. But there are verses in the Bible like those I just read that you can find and you can read them out loud every day. So you know that you'll be provided for in the time of lack and that God's going to protect you because the judgments and the tribulation are not for you unless you're in sin. If you're in sin, the tribulation is for you. And you'll be here for however long it takes you to give up the sin. Here's some verses that always encourage me. Hebrews 12, verse 1 through 3. Wherefore, seeing we we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The cloud of witnesses are the saints that have gone on before us, all They're cheering us on from heaven. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. 3. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Now, let me read Revelation three eleven and 12. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. We get to go there and stay. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him, my new name. We will be his, y'all, and we will get to stay there. We are so very close to the finish line of our racial. I we are so close to the finish line. We just have to keep going a little bit longer and we'll be at home with our king. I hope this encourages y'all. Let's just hang on and do our best for him and, and honor him and remember that we stand for him. And we stand with Him no matter what. Most of all, we need to keep praying for the lost. And we need to keep doing what's right, hour by hour, day by day, until we're finally called home. Jesus bless you. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., Glenda Lomax, P.O. Box 60, Glencoe, Arkansas, 72539, or by email at jphtoday at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church or denomination. Have you ever gone through a time in your life where suddenly it just felt like your whole life was falling apart? I call these experiences the wilderness experiences. Wilderness experiences are a time of great uncertainty and change. Uh, there are times when our faith is tried and refined. After many experiences, the Lord spoke to me to write The Wilderness Companion, which is a virtual road map through the desert times of your life. Find out why you've been led to the wilderness. Find out what the biggest hindrance is to receiving provision in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Drastically cut the time you spend in the wilderness by learning how to partner with the Lord instead of working against Him. Every Christian needs to read The Wilderness Companion. It's by Glenda Lomax, and it's available on Amazon.com or WingsOfProphecy.com. Amazon.com, The Wilderness Companion by Glenda Lomax.